Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cinematic Schematic, the official podcast of Cinematropolis.com. I'm your host, Caleb Masters, and we have made it to the most wonderful time of the movie-going year. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Oscar season. I, honestly, that might be a little bit of overkill. Maybe it's not actually the most wonderful time of the movie-going year for, <laughs> for most people out there. But hey, um, we've got a really good show uh, in store for you today. Uh, so annual tradition, uh, I am sitting down with uh, co-host Laron Chapman. Uh, the writer-director of Freaky AF Film. Laurent, welcome back. Here we are again this year. Another year, another movie. This is an interesting This is an interesting year for, for the Oscars, I think. I think we'll be surprised, hopefully. Hopefully surprised. I, I really hope we're surprised, yeah. It's a little recapping last year where uh, the, the Green Book kind of swept the show a little bit. Uh, I, I think we're in, we're in great need of... Uh, Something that's a little a less palate cleanser. Yeah, last year because for the most part, I think last year's ceremony went really well, minus the major wins. You know, so um, uh, yeah. So last year they ditched the host. That was actually surprisingly pretty good. Yeah, I know that was a big talking point. Uh, last year we sat down with Chelsea Ratterman, Adam Chitwood, and it was like a whole talking point. How's it going to work? Is it going to flow well? And worked out pretty well. It worked out pretty well. It went pretty smoothly without the host. You know, surprising to many of us, you know, because we were all kind of grieving it and then afterwards we're like, we don't need it. We nah. Need it. I just missed the moment. Like, it's, it's, so the, the host thing is so tricky because I feel like if, in an ideal world, you just get a good host every year because I think the host does add a certain something when it's done right. The problem is nine times out of ten it's not done right and then it takes away from the show in such a way that it's just better to not have one. Yeah. So I'm like, we could just get better hosts, but... Yeah. <laughs> Not so much. Okay, well, uh, so yeah, no host this year. I think we're in for uh, another fun show on that front. Uh, looks like the, I think it seemed like the Academy was trying to maybe get one a few months ago, and then it just. I imagine there was a lot of deals that went out, and uh, yeah. no one took the bait. And The Rock was still unavailable, unfortunately. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's. Uh, I do want to remind everyone. Of course, you can find uh, all of our Cinematropolis thoughts, uh, including. We've been a little quiet on the home front the last few months just because life's kind of crazy. But we're still talking about movies. We did a uh, kind of a, a really cool top 10 film or as, no, not, just top films of the decade. It's kind of like a multi-part series we did at the beginning of the year this year. Uh, so I hope you'll check that out. Uh, and uh, we can find, of course, all that over at thecinematropolis.com. Uh, we're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thecinematropolis and on Twitter at thecinematrop. Um, all right, Laurent. So let's just cut to the chase here. Uh, 2020 Oscars. No host. Uh, what did you think of this year's nominees? You know, I think uh, there's always a collective groan whenever the nominees are announced every year because there's always the one thing where you know we're pushing for the most, and it, it, you're not going to avoid it. It was a top-heavy year. We had great films um, pretty much across the board. So I think, um, for the most part, upon reflection, you know, I think the, the nominees are actually pretty reflective of some of the best films this year. Um, my initial thought was just, you know, you're thinking of those those gaping holes that they, that were missed, you know, um, in the mix. But for the most part, I think what it was that was disappointing was that there were no genuine surprises. Everything kind of fell into place, very kind of paint by numbers in a sense. And it's always nice to be surprised by a nominee that say you weren't wasn't even on your own radar, and we didn't get many of those. So. But um, but in general, I think the things that were nominated were mostly deserving. Uh, yeah, I mean, just uh, for some context. So, you know, I think I feel like every year there's a usually like one or two black sheep where you're like, really? 
uh, what, 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 I always get the name wrong. It was uh, extremely loud and incredibly close, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was uh, the reader. Uh, you know, like, yeah, like you're, like, you're like, how did this? And, and the reader was back when they only had the five nominations. And, yeah. and, it, and of course, it's uh, somewhat relevant to this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, most memorably, it took the spot that a lot of people wanted for The Dark Knight back in, in 09. Sure. Looking at the nominees this year, so for Best Picture, you've got uh, Ford v. Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Woman, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. I actually feel like these are all very good films to varying degrees. I like some of them a lot more than I like others. Um, I know uh, Joker, of course, and a, and a sort of like, I guess the biggest surprise was that Joker got as many nominations as it did, but like in a very on-brand 2019-2020 world that actually wasn't a surprise because we're like, of course that movie got right. tons of nominations. Right, right. Was it is it the same amount of nominations as Titanic or was it slightly less? I, I think remember. it's I think it's one less. It's got 12, 12 okay. I believe. I think Titanic was 13, okay. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Listeners out there can correct me, but uh, it's up there as one of the most nominated films yeah. in, in Oscar history. And, uh, you know, even that movie, like, uh, and we'll, we'll get into it and get to the awards talk, but, you know, I, I think there's a lot to really like about that movie. I don't know if I like the movie as a whole. Um, I think the timing of it is probably the bit, one of the bigger factors there, but uh, a lot of people really hate that movie. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it seems like they're hating on it pretty strong, and I can't say that I haven't contributed to that in some way, but... Um, but I have to admit, I mean, I did like the film Walking Out. I think you and I had a conversation very shortly after it. Like, you know, I liked it. I don't know what everyone's problem was. And then as it settles in, it kind of fell apart in my mind, you know, some of the story elements. But it's 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 one of those movies that it's where it's not necessarily um, the sum of all of its parts. There's great elements right. in it, you know, that are really well done, many of which are nominated. It's nominated for, but... There's something about the story that doesn't hold together to me in the end. But Yeah, I think, um, and, and you and I kind of have had ongoing conversations about that movie. I, I think the parts, there are a lot of parts that are really great. I think ultimately, uh, and ironically, it's nominated in the, both these categories, especially the script seems kind of flimsy, and then the directing, uh, you know, Todd Phillips, I actually think it's his best directed film. Well, yeah. Uh, and uh, I think it's com- very competently directed. The thing, the thing is it it just borrows so heavily from Martin Scorsese so he, films. And, so it's, and, he's, and he's nominated also, so it's kind of... It's very kind of weird. He's running against... He's 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 yeah. up against Scorsese. Own, who own influence. Yeah, right, right. I mean, this is a kind of flattering in a yeah. certain way. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's, it's Taxi Driver with a comic book character. That's literally what it is, but in many ways. But... Um, especially stylistically speaking, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So Joker, I think being the big topic, uh, and you know, again, I want to bring this back because a lot of people, so often people are like, well, the Academy doesn't care about popular movies. They don't like blockbusters. Well, Joker made almost a billion dollars worldwide and it yep. got 13 nominations. So I guess in a certain light, this would, um, would uh, dismiss that narrative that I feel like I've heard a lot of. I do find it hilarious. It's a DC film, and everyone's been all about the Marvel films for like 10 years now, and I'm like, yeah. well, it's just yeah. interesting. I don't know if it's better than those, but I think it's at least more ambitious than sure. Marvel films, I guess. Sure. For sure. It's weird. Um, probably the one I think that's most interesting that was not nominated for Best Picture was The Farewell, um, and that seemed yes. to be pretty much a... a a, a success all across the board and international success and huge I, hit for indie films. I don't know if it was win. nominated for anything. I like, don't think it was nominated and, for anything. That's totally shut out. Yeah, yeah. No, it, was, it, was, it was a great little gem, you know, and a, a you know another crowd pleaser this year. But it was um, a trick film, especially uh, you know in the year that we maybe it's because they they're like okay, well we got Parasite, we got Bong Joon Ho, so we, we've hit we hit our ceiling for, for Asian, Asian directors. Asian directors, I guess. <laughs> 
Okay, and I'm not going to get into this on the on the podcast. At least I'm bringing it up. So, um, just have to ask the farewell foreign film, American film. I don't. I, ha- I have strong feelings about this, but everyone like is the awards tend to totally disregard what the directors said on the matter. But I don't know. I feel like it's an American film about foreign characters, so it's it's a, right. it's it's you can make an argument either way. I think, but if you look at it, I mean, split. I mean, there's if you split the subtitles versus you know just is that English, how we define foreign film though? I guess, I guess you know. <laughs> so it seems like I mean, yeah, I mean, there's equal amount of subtitles as there are you know English speaking, you know. So, but I don't know if I don't know if that's what again what if that's what qualifies you know it to be a foreign film like Parasite through and through feels like a foreign film. Oh yeah, and then the farewell feels like it has it. I mean, there's Asian characters and they're speaking in their native language, but. You know, but not necessarily about that. You know, so well, I'm not going to get into it. This just, it just, uh, and it's not even nominated, so it's not even relevant. I just, I just, <laughs> right. I just it's been a question. It kind of reminds me of the who's yeah. the lead actress and uh, the favorite. I'm like, well, who's the protagonist? Right. And and anyway, apparently it, that apparently you, the protagonist does not equal the lead. I didn't realize that was a thing. Yeah. And anyone you ask, it'll be someone different. They'll give you a different answer. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, yeah, I think the farewell is a pretty big. Uh, that's th- that one. I'm pretty disappointed about. I think anytime they can incorporate more independent films in here, we we did get a couple sprinkled throughout uh, independent films. I know the Lighthouse picked up a cinematography nod, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Greta Gerwig's not independent per se, but she does have a lot of support from like on the A24 front. So I mean, there's. There's some concessions there for sure, but uh, I think uh, mention, thinking of the Lighthouse actually, uh, could just Academy give Willem Dafoe an Oscar? Willem Dafoe. I mean, we talked about this with uh, the Florida Project. Yeah, it was like that movie should have been nominated for everything, but it was like at the very least, give Willem Dafoe the Oscar. He got a nom. He did get a nomination. He got a nom, but he didn't get the Oscar. He gets nominated a lot and never, but he never really has a chance. That's the no. other thing. Yeah, he it, always, it, he's always the dark horse, and it's like that'll never happen. Man, yeah, he's he's just uh, fantastic. He gives one of I, what I feel like is probably one of the most challenging monologues I've ever seen executed on screen in a lighthouse. And yeah. I'm not saying I just like he didn't breathe. Like didn't he, breathe. he goes on for like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And yep. it's just uh, mesmerizing, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what uh, a shame there. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, uh, we mentioned Greta Gerwig from the director's seat. She did get screenplay uh, for Little Women. So that's mm-hmm. a, again, a. Uh, you and I talk about this a lot, like a concession. Well, they're like, well, politically, we want to le- give these people directors, so the least we can do is give this person a screenplay. A screenplay nom, yeah, exactly, yeah. So, well, we haven't really talked about the biggest snub, at least for me, is Jenny from the Block, who will be performing later today, um, <laughs> um, who was snubbed for Hustlers. I've been like vying for that movie since it came out, but uh, that's right. We're recording this on Super Bowl Sunday. I guess there's something about a sports and a ball, and they're throwing it around. Yeah, and, and then J Lo's there, and J Lo's there. Yeah, I mean that's really what I'm. T- I'm tuning in to watch J Lo. <laughs> exactly. uh, yeah, no, no, that's a good point. Hustlers uh, is a movie that made it made enough of a splash. It made decent money for a film of that like distribution yep. you know it was a a small was that a24 no i don't think it was, oh, it was okay but it, it was still like one of the more indie it, it didn't get a major studio push sure. i should put it that way and j-lo coming out of the woodwork to deliver just like jaw-dropping great performance like yeah. just own like every time she's on the screen she just mm-hmm. soaks up all mm-hmm. of the attention uh she was so good yes. powerful performance and not not a nomination yeah very committed but i also feel like she was um and it was also just a layered role for her cuz she's not normally known for you know having projects that have characters that are that dynamic um so and, and her being you know carrying her own with it was was you know it was good the first time you'd seen her that good probably since uh 
God, I mean, people say Selena, but there's the cell, and then there's also uh, out of sight, the, the three ones that come to mind. The cell, though. I know. Very, I got to re- watch it. Very underrated. <laughs> I got to watch that one again. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah, that is a whole other <laughs> podcast. So if you think that J-Lo was great in the cell, she probably is. Yeah. That movie's pretty bad. Yeah. Well, I remember it being pretty bad. I haven't watched it in probably oh, like 15 man. years. So uh, It's a long, it's a, it's one of those ones that have sprout back up in the years, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, a couple of victory notes because we always go about the snubs. And uh, do you have any other snubs you want to know? Any particularly noteworthy ones? Uh, probably. I don't, I don't want to butcher her name. Zhao Zuzhen from uh, the farewell as well. The, oh the yes, the yes, the grandmother who in like in China is a big like deal. A, a big, big deal. deal. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought she was great. Um, she stood out to me, maybe even a little bit more than Aquafina, honestly, in that film. I think so. Who was also I, snubbed. Aquafina who also was, was snubbed. also, who also snubbed. snubbed. So the farewell was completely Just the, snubbed. The farewell in general, uh, and J Lo, and <laughs> the, the farewell and J Lo and Wom the Fo, but Wom the Fo, everyone just expects that anymore. Sure. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So always snubs. I do feel like as a whole, like you said, um, not a lot of surprises, but I also, when the, the, the nominations came out, the, the ones we just mentioned were the ones that stood out. I was like, wow, really? But also, it, I don't feel like offended by, like last year, uh, I know First Reformed was you and I's favorite film mm-hmm. of, of the year, and one of my favorite films of the last decade, e- easily. And for Ethan Hawke, who just carried, I mean, yeah. between him and Paul Schrader, that was their movie, and he did such an incredible you know, career-defining performance as Reverend Toller, not to get nominated. I was just like, I was like, that's insulting. I was, ins- I didn't think he was going to win, but I was like, no. there's no way that this performance isn't going to be nominated, rec- recognized. You know, yeah, so. yeah. I, I st- I'm still upset about it. Yeah. <laughs> I, every every time I think about that, I just think of that moment in the movie when he puts the church sign up. Will God forgive us? Yes. yes <laughs> every time I think about that in the Academy, I'm like, and that's one. Yeah, first that's reformed. One. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then of course, but yeah, on that same note though, it was uh, even though it did get uh, Paul Schrader did get the screenplay. Uh, uh, nomination, but Green Book ultimately uh, beat. Uh, well, it would took uh, beat Black Klansman and adapted. Do I have that yeah. correctly? Um, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I just remember that one of the screenplay categories went to Green Book, and then and then First yeah. Form didn't get it, exactly, and it was yeah. a bummer. Uh, so on the screenplay, I, I okay, victory, vict- things I'm happy to see here. Sure. I'll just go down that. Sure. Maybe I'm not surprised by, but also I wasn't sure they'd make it just because of weird politicking. Knives Out got an original screenplay nomination. Mm-hmm. I am Ryan Johnson here all day, all night. I love everything he does. Yeah. I think he's a great. He's one of the true gems. One of the greatest, like up and coming filmmakers working in Hollywood today. Right. Kind of slowly working his way through the studio system, mm-hmm. but still kind of making movies he wants to make. So super excited to see him get that nom. Uh, also, Parasite getting all the love it got. Uh, again, normally. Related to the farewell, anytime there's like that many subtitles, it's like ah, oh, best foreign film best or foreign best, film. I guess international film, right? right. Um, but uh, yeah, no, not not this time. And uh, I think we also, uh, I shouldn't say it's not something I'm like dancing about or anything, but I thought it was nice to see Jojo Rabbit get some love, a, lot of love. A, a film I did not expect to make it anywhere near the Academy Awards. So that was uh, that was pretty neat. Um, yeah, I think those are the, kind of the high level ones. Oh, one more snub, and I'm not going to go into it too far, uh, too in depth here. But um, an animated feature category, I'm a big fan. Uh, there's a director from from Japan, so his anime his name is Makoto Shinkai. He did Your Name a couple years ago, which was like far and away my, one of my favorite animated films of the last ten years. Thought it was uh, wonderful. He had a new film. It just came stateside, like 
a couple weeks ago called Weathering With You, but it was it did meet the parameters to get an Oscar nomination for 2019 yeah. and totally snubbed. And I thought it was, having just seen it, I was like, it's I haven't seen Claws, but uh, I, I thought it was notably better than the other nominations. So there's that. Yeah. Um, okay, well, on that note, uh, Leron, um, I don't know. Is there anything else we want to, like, predictions not before we get into the awards is there anything else you're like Ooh, maybe we'll see will we are we gonna have like a drinking game or any left field like things that are gonna happen we're not expecting i uh, sadly i don't think so no i think i think for the most part what i've from the nominees that are here um i i feel like i can i can predict each category almost but um, but we'll see i'd love to be wrong is it that the Academy has gotten more predictable or that we've gotten savvier in watching all the Guild stuff? I ask myself it's this possible. question every year. <laughs> it's possible. Because I didn't start possible. paying attention to the Guild until about five or so years ago, and that's yeah. when I noticed that my uh, my Oscar tally got much stronger. Right. And the governing body that's watching, I mean, that they're viewing yeah. these films in the Academy, I mean, obviously that's been changing over the years as they've implemented some diversity mm-hmm. incentives and what have you. So you're seeing... You're seeing you're seeing incremental changes, you know. Like we saw Moonlight win, but then we saw Green Book win. So it's just it it goes up and down, you know. Like we see the films that we want to see nominated for the most part. They don't always win though. Right. So. Right. All right. Well, uh, I think that'll about do it on Snub's bold predictions. I'm kind of with you. I, I hope something crazy happens, but if there's anything I've just had to come to terms with, it's that the Oscars are not about taking risks. It's about yeah. patting ourselves on the back. Which, <laughs> I, which again, I maybe this is an abusive relationship thing you and I have talked about before. Yeah. I don't even expect the best movie to win anymore. It's more about like the idea of the Oscars. I, I am actually generally expecting to be disappointed, mm-hmm. but I just love the activity of coming together, celebrating sure. movies, watching with friends, talking about it. All that stuff's great. But ladies and gentlemen, just a friendly reminder that the best movie rarely wins Best Picture. Alfred Hitchcock, one of the most influential directors of the last 100 years, also never won an Oscar. So just keep that in mind when you think about uh, the Oscars being the be-all, end-all. With that said, let's go ahead and jump right into the awards. And I want to start us off with... It's it's a it's sort of a the cr- the crossover between the technical and the artistic awards, mm-hmm. which is cinematography. So we've got uh, the Irishman, uh, Rodrigo uh, Prito, uh, Joker, Lawrence Sher, The Lighthouse, uh, Jereen Blanche. I'm gonna butcher these names. <laughs> Jereen Blanche, uh, 1917, Roger Deakins, uh, and then Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, Robert Richardson, Laron Chapman. Yes. What do you think? Uh, this is a good list. Uh, I think three stand out to me in particular. This is one of the categories where I actually do think Joker shines. I actually thought it was very well shot. Um, but I think probably the standout to me in terms of uh, holistically would probably be The Lighthouse. Um, because visually, um, I feel like that film is just, you know, the aesthetic of it is one of the main draws for me. The story was a little, you know, um, left me a little wanting when I saw it, but... I can't get some of the images in that film out of my head. So absolutely stunning film. And then, of course, 1917, which is, um, I mean, a, an aesthetic wonder in its own right. So, of those, which one do you like? Which one do you think is going to win? Uh, the one I like is the Lighthouse, but I think uh, I think Deacons will probably take home cinematography this year. You know, it's funny because for the longest time we were never, like, Roger was, Deakins is never, never going. Gonna he was the John Williams of of cinematography, mm-hmm. except for he doesn't win. Uh, and then he finally, it was, it was a Blade Runner. I think he Blade finally Runner. he got the award. Finally, finally. Yeah. stunning film. And now I feel like he's going to just 
get awards. Just get awards now, and it's not going to be exciting. <laughs> got it now, so. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I do fall right in line with you. So, yeah, I think um, this is a really strong category for me overall. I think all of these films look exceptional. Uh, I think this is Joker of the categories that I think it's worthy of the win on here. This one's definitely one of the maybe five that I think it's worthy of the nomination. Uh, Lighthouse, of course, I don't think has a chance at winning, but I do really admire that movie. I think it looks beautiful and does a lot of really cool experimental things. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it has a chance at winning, but even just the nomination for that movie, I think, is a pretty big deal. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Roger Deakins, 1917. I think the Irishman and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood look really good, but just thinking about them, there's nothing that stands in particular out. that sti- stands, stands out. out visually, it, yeah. It's really, really good and really polished, And um, yeah. but like, as far as the, vi- the visual language, it doesn't really do anything for me that like just makes me think it's that original. So um, uh, 1917, one thing I will say about that movie is, and I think that is going to win, I feel mm-hmm. like about 95% on 1917, it's the whole movie is basically a long take with a big break in the middle. At least that's what sure. they're trying to disguise it as. And, sure. it, and it works largely. Uh, and what's cool about that is you still – Roger Deakins is known for very stunning cinematography. So you would, but you would think in that sort of technical experiment it would be really hard to land some of the more like artistic, stunning, visual wonder shots that he's known for. But, and they do it. At least t- two that come to mind in the movie. I'm just like, how did they – do that uh, yeah how do they accomplish that yeah. yeah yeah so um i get shout out so i'm never gonna be mad about a roger deacon's uh win so mm-hmm. yeah save us bet you and i on the save same page roger deacon's. roger deacon's okay all right uh this is going to take us to original screenplay so for original screenplay we have knives out ryan johnson marriage story noah bombach 1917 sam mendez christy wilson carnes uh once upon a time in hollywood quentin tarantino and then parasite bong Jin ho and gene won han I have to say, Leron, I early pre- my early prediction was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is going to come and sweep because Same. it has it's everyone loves everyone involved. It's Tarantino; he's a great director, great writer. People love his scripts. You've got you've got Brad and uh, Leo in there, Hollywood darlings. On top of the entire huge Margot Robbie, and then you've got the entire huge supporting cast. Lots of very well liked actors, sure. um, and then from the producer standpoint, just the whole like celebration of Hollywood. At, yeah. I was like, oh. Hollywood loves movies about themselves. Yeah, so exactly. So it seemed like a safe bet, but honestly, looking at this right now, my favorite's probably Knives Out, tied with Parasite. Mm-hmm. I like both of them equally for different reasons, and funny enough, I think <laughs> they're both about very similar things. Yeah, uh, just <laughs> kind of executed in a much different way. Um, I like them; they're both kind of funny in their execution. So I like both of those quite a bit. I think. Parasite has the edge. Okay. What, do, what do you think? Parasite would be my choice. I still feel like it'll probably be a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood here. You think so? Um, yes, I think Parasite is probably, I mean, I think the best thing we can expect for and hope for is, is, is the best picture win. Not, maybe unlikely, but not un- improbable. Second here for me is honestly Marriage Story. I think Marriage Story was uh, one of the strongest elements there too was the writing between um, from Noah Baumbach. I think those scenes with him, with uh, Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson, particularly that the most iconic one that we can refer to, the one where they had that argument in the living room. Oh, yeah. Yep. There's just so many layers to the way he writes his you know, his work. You know, it, it goes back and forth between you know, nuance and theatricality in the same moment. Um, they're very dense. It's really complex. You know, the writing's really complex. And he also shows humanity to both sides of them. So they're very layered characters. So I think... Personally, it would be um, it would be Parasite. Um, my second favorite choice would be Marriage Story, but I think the one that the Academy will go with 
will be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, you know, and I, I, I'm glad we, we we started with the screenplay categories. I kind of hope you're wrong. I mean, I don't know, though. Uh, Tarantino I do, too. I Tarant- do too. <laughs> and, and again, I think I think Tarantino is a great script, and I actually think it's one of my favorite scripts from him mm-hmm. uh, of the last 10 years. I I like that he's kind of sentimental, especially coming off of that The Hateful Eight. I, I just felt like it was a really good time for that. Yeah. And he brought the right actors on board. Anyway, uh, but no, I think yeah. I think that's a safe bet. Yep. So I'm uh, going to hedge my bets on Parasite. You're going for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, again, very strong category. I think all of these were great scripts. Other than, Well, 1917 probably being That's, the weakest. That, one of these things is not like the other, and I yeah. would say 1917 is probably 12 words in that movie, so I don't really know. It's not really about <laughs> the script. It's, it's, it's so weird. It's like, because uh, getting to adapted here, it's the same thing with Joker. It's like, I mean, there wasn't really a much of a, I mean, there's a, it's so basic. I don't know how you yeah. nominate the script, but uh, anyway, uh, we will see. Um, so yeah, a strong category. Uh, let's go on to the adapted screenplay. So uh, this one is going to have The Irishman. Uh, Steve Zalian, Jojo Rabbit, Taika Watiti, Joker, Todd Phillips, and Scott Silver, Little Women, Greta Gerwig, and the two popes, Anthony uh, McCartan. Oh, this is another really strong category, save for the Joker, the Joker. <laughs> which could win. Um, Laurent, what is your... Okay, so so starts off, which ones do you like the best of this bunch, and which one's going to take home the trophy? My favorite uh, Little Women, Greta Gerwig. I think she took that text and did something very unique with it, because the script itself, you know, obviously it has existing source material, but watching the film, you know, she's given all of these women and all these characters kind of um, an agency and a voice that was kind of not present in the, in the previous adaptations of it. Um, in, in many ways, it's a love letter, you know, to the author because she was able to give them the voice maybe that she at the time herself was not able, you know, to do even in, the, in, in her own work. Um, so I think the strongest one in here um, would have been Greta Gerwig for me. Um, I think Jojo Rabbit's a strong one. The Two Popes is a strong one. Um, I think I think the second, the, the most, the, the one that's probably generating the most attention, probably the Irishman here. Um, just off the momentum of the film in general, but um, so I would say Little Women would be my personal choice, but I think that uh, the Irishman will probably be what the Academy goes with. Okay, uh, I think those are good predictions. So I am of the same mind with you here. Um, I, I will say the Irishman. I'm glad you're picking the Irishman because I'm actually going to double down on Little Women. That's probably my favorite, and I do feel like this will be, especially with all the backlash about her not getting the director nom. I think this might be a, a way of saying no, no, no. We think Greta Gerwig's a great artist. Here's your script. And I do think the way that she wrote the wrote and edited that the film was written written and directed and edited, I think all of it works together really beautifully and makes me think about that work in a completely different light than I ever had before. Just the way that the your life rhymes even in different chapters and yeah. really tells a totally different type of story than if you watch it chronologically. Absolutely. Um, yeah. so I think a terrific script from her. I loved it. Um, I think it I think it has a strong chance. But that said I think the Irishman's a strong uh, likelihood, too. This is probably the only award I think the Irishman has a very strong chance at winning. I agree. It's very strange because that movie also got nominated for, I think it was 10. Yeah. And it might, it could very well go home empty handed, which is, again, I, strange. But I think Irishman and um, Marriage Story will both, both be two that we see that were really well received, but probably will walk away empty handed. Yeah. I, I think there's a high likelihood for, but I, Marriage Story, I almost think there's, 
well, very unlikely. Very unlikely <laughs> yeah. chance. Uh, which again, terrific film. And I just think it's so weird. Netflix has been trying so hard to to garner like the Oscar awards. It's kind of that weird way of like saying, no, we are a real film studio or whatever. Mm. Uh, and we did see that with Roma last year, which yeah. is a terrific film and a great victory. It's they clearly they're doing something right because again, when we get to the animated category, they actually have more nominations than Disney, which is. Yeah. Very surprising. Um, so it's they're doing something right, but something about they're they're not quite getting there yeah. with the award stuff. I, but you would think though, hey, we're gonna hire uh, uh, Martin Scorsese with the Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, uh, Al Pacino. That seems like surefire Oscar gold. And sure enough, it gets the nominations, but I don't think it's a front runner. In well, the one thing that the success of the Netflix is that basically that they're basically giving people a chance to see the film. More people are seeing these movies than probably like you and I of course would go seek out these movies anyway but with them being readily available on Netflix where we have mainstream audiences seeing some of these films so they're actually an active part of the viewership whenever they're at the when they're watching the Oscars this year but yeah and uh I, I don't know I just think that if 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 they could get if they could work if Their Netflix could work great. better with the theaters that's the that's yeah. the big hold up and I feel like Amazon's done it pretty well generally mm-hmm. speaking mm-hmm. and Netflix though they're they're just they can't work out an agreement because yeah. that's the thing about the Irishman it was only in theaters here in Oklahoma City for like a week that's true um, and I know it's making some rounds now in those big showcase uh, events but uh, yeah. that's a movie that really should be seen on the big screen Absolutely. and I, I would say the same for Marriage Story as well but um. Yeah, so uh, Laurent, I'm gonna stick with I, I'm gonna stick with Little Women for my pick and my favorite. I do think the Irishman has a strong chance, and it's probably my second favorite uh, on the list as well. But again, love the shout out to Taika Waititi for Jojo Rabbit. I think that was a really inventive script, and I think a very tough. Uh, tough egg to crack yeah, <laughs> in, yeah. in, in, uh, in uh, 2019, 2020. So kudos to yeah, love of Hitler. It's like yeah, a story about Hitler. A kid loves Hitler, and also it winds up being one of the sweetest movies I've seen all year. Yeah, like so right, right. Well, it's funny when I was, you think about like uh, Joker. You're like, was this really the right time for this movie to come out? I'm not saying it's bad. Uh, you know, trying to have us empathize with this like white dude who's mass murderer, gonna go dude, mass murder some people. Uh, yeah. Um, maybe not the best time for that. <laughs> and I would have, on its face, you would have said the same thing about a movie that's asking you to sympathize with Nazi Germany. And you're like, mm, maybe not. Maybe not, but the movie does it. It Somehow works. It worked. It worked. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. And this is going to take us to uh, the animated film feature now we're going to hit animated feature and then we're going to move into like a rapid fire round where we tackle some of the um maybe the the awards that are a little not less important but maybe a little less uh prominent uh prestigious maybe i guess yeah more technical sighting things so uh, the last one here is animated feature so the nominations are how to train your dragon the hidden world i lost my body claws missing link and toy story 4 this is a an interesting category. So Netflix has two nominations. I Lost My Body, that was kind of an indie film, and then Claws. Uh, I have, full disclosure, I have not seen Claws yet. I've seen the other four. Um, and uh, side note, I did have a very in-depth discussion uh, about this category uh, with Harold Story on the Tunes Tunes podcast that by the time you're listening to this should be out on his podcast. So I recommend you go check that. I feel my full thoughts. Laurent Chapman, what did you uh, think of this category? What did, what were your picks? I'm surprised by this category. I mean, mainly because for the omission of Frozen Two. Not that I was completely enamored with it, but that it just seemed like kind of like a, a shoe in to be nominated, if not win. You know. Well, the first one was so beloved. The second one was well received. It well received. Like. Made know, a lot of money. Made a lot of money, like you said. Um, I guess it just didn't enrapture people the, the way people anticipated. 
Um, it's also a sequel. It's just one of those things too. Like you know, like all most of these are. I mean, uh, How to Train Your Dragon, Toy Story Four. You know, like I mean, so maybe we're just a little fatigued on you know some of these, and so it's nice to have some unorthodox animated films, you know, in the mix here, like Missing Link and Claws and I Lost My Body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so what are your, which ones, what are your picks on these? Um, I honestly still think though that the Academy will probably go with Toy Story 4. Um, I now, if, you know, if, if I'm going with my gut, Toy Story 4, um, but I know Missing Link has been getting a lot of attention. Um, it got the Golden Globe. The, it, Wait, the Golden it was Globe. very surprising when... And I saw it recently, and actually, it, it was cute. Yeah. I thought it was cute. It's a good movie. So, um, sh- you know, I'm going to go ahead and just throw this out there, too. Of course, uh, like I said earlier, Weathering With You was a film that I felt, felt like should have been in this category and probably should have won. Um, that said, uh, I will always put all of my support behind a studio like a movie. So, Studio Like a who did Missing Link, also did Kubo and the Two Strings a couple years ago, one of my favorite movies of that year. Uh, they did Coraline. They did Paranorman. They are the only people who are pushing the envelope on stop motion. Um, yeah. a, a different, And I just really like that they're doing that. And when I say push it I, i'm not just saying that they're doing it no they're like innovating in the space and in, in ways that consistently blow my mind uh they're whenever i see one of their movies again i don't know if the missing link story was quite as good as some of their past scripts but i, sure. I enjoyed it. it was nice fun sweet but it's the fact that there are so many times when i'm watching it where i'm like how did they do that like it just mm-hmm. blows your mind when you think about it and then you're like surely there's when you, because you know it's not CG, you know they found some practical way to do with the sets they built. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's you're like, wow, how did they do that? I can't believe it. Well, there had to be some like really easy thing they did, and then you Google it or whatever, and then you figure out how they did it, and you're like, wow, yeah. these guys are operating creatively on a level that I can't dream to reach. Like they just know that craft so well, and they yeah. get to live in that space. They really innovate. Um, I remember like, the special features on the Kubo and the Two Strings Blu-ray. They were talking about how they did like the the waves for the the Japanese looking water stuff. Oh my right. gosh, it just blows my mind. So well, yeah, because animation is so I mean it's so vast, and we I mean I think the Academy has always been pretty predictable with choosing just one type of animation. You know, because you have the stop action, you have I mean a couple I mean several years now I think now it was the Fantastic Mr. Fox. You know, like that that level of invention. You know, with it. You know, and anime as well. I mean that's another thing too that doesn't seem to you know, find its way in here as often either. Um, they really like Pixar. They like and Pixar I, and they And they like DreamWorks that is typically trying to be like Pixar. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I'm with you. And it's always a bummer. Um, I will also say that uh, last year, Buck the Trend, Spider-Verse did take home that animated feature. And that was a very different type of animated feature. Absolutely. Very surprising. So I'm hoping with and that. it came late in the game, too. So it's kind of surprising that it kind of swept there at the end. You know? Very late in the game, yeah. Uh, I, I, it is my hope that, uh, that, that they keep that trend going and pick Missing Link. So personal favorite is Missing Link. I think uh, if I was a betting man, yeah, Toy Story 4 seems like the most likely. I have heard there's some really positive uh, love towards Claws, I guess, but I don't haven't seen that movie, so I don't have enough of a uh, yeah. an opinion on it to like say it either way. Same. Uh, so yeah, Toy Story 4, probably going to take it. All right, Laurent. So now that we've uh, hit the that group of categories, let's move on to our rapid fire round one. So there's going to be three rapid fire rounds, as well as kind of three of these more um, prestigious categories. First one is following up on the animated feature is animated short. Now we're going to attack. So the next, <laughs> really, this entire section we're we're covering all the shorts and docs. Just going to throw this out there. This is probably the area, at least for me, and I, I think Laurent too. We're the least well read of these <laughs> yeah. films. Um, so animated short film, 
I can't even pronounce the first one. Desera. 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 <laughs> uh, Hair Love. Kitbull. Memorable. Sister. And the only one I've even heard of on this category is Hair Love. So Hair Love. I think that's a safe bet. You've heard about it? <laughs> that's the one. That that sometimes sometimes that's that's all you need, Leron. Go with the title. Yeah, yeah. The title that jumps out. If you've heard of it, you know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, hair love sounds like a safe bet. Let's go on to best documentary feature. Now I have heard of two of these. Um, I have uh, well, no, three of these, but I've only seen none of them. Wow, I suck. <laughs> I'm usually pretty good at getting a couple of these. All right, so American Factory, The Cave, The Edge of Democracy, Fursama, and Honeyland. Yeah. So the only one in here that I can even give any nugget of insight into it would probably be Honeyland. I can say that it was well shot. Well shot? Do you feel like it's something the Academy would pick? Possibly. Um, okay, possibly. All right. Uh, you know, I'm going to go out there and say American Factory because uh, I think it was produced by Obama yeah. and the Academy. It has a more, politi- it. It has a more political leaning. So this, it's, it's, that, I mean, they like those kind of narratives. Some, sometimes they do. Sometimes yeah. I do, unless it's last year. Then they're like, we like feel good movies. No, about, yeah, no yeah. politics whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm picking American Factory purely on the fact that Obama produced it, and uh, <laughs> the Academy likes Obama. Don't I'm not. That's not a political statement anyway. I'm just saying that's an observation. Do so. not place your bets on any of our votes on these categories. No, please do not. Uh, best documentary short subject: In absence, learning to skateboard in a war zone, life overtakes me, St. Louis Superman. Walk, run, cha-cha. Walk, walk, run, cha-cha-cha. I don't know. That that should be how they read it on the show, honestly. Uh, LeBron, which which one are you going to pick? I'm going to go with cha-cha just because you did that. Uh, All right. I'm going to say learning to skateboard in a war zone because that sounds like a really hard thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) I hope we're right about half of these so we can... Just, you know what? Some of the categories that I've, I've surprisingly gotten right are the ones I guessed on, and, and it's normally in these four categories. This so. is why I like. This is where I get to these categories every year. It's like, is this what everyone else feels like when they're trying to put together their ballots? You know, yeah. <laughs> um, best live action short film: Brotherhood, Nefta Football Club, The Neighbor's Window, Saria, A Sister. Well, we got one about Brotherhood, and we got one about a sister, so I feel like those are strong leads. Give the ladies a chance. A sister. Let's a, go a with sister. a sister. Let's vote for the sister. <laughs> all right. A sister. Thank you. Uh, that'll conclude rapid fire <laughs> round number one, where you got the most informed picks you're going to get this entire podcast. Yeah. All right. That's going to take us on to original score. So we are back on the prestige train, and original score. Uh, I love this category. I do, too. Um, I think... I honestly think this is an interesting bunch of movies. I don't think half of these deserve to be on here. But hey, we're going to touch on uh, one that, another area. I think Joker uh, being the first one. Uh, I'm not even going to try to pretend that composer's names. But it is a woman. And if she won, it would be a big deal. There are very, very few women composers working in Hollywood. So to get the Oscar nomination is great. And I actually can say confidently looking at this list, I would be happy if she won. Because I think it's a great score. Haunting, chilling. Uh, Little Women, Alexandre Despa, who is basically... Jordan Williams status at this point. Uh, Marriage Story, Randy Newman, 1917. Thomas Newman. Oh, my God. The Newmans are going at it this year. Mm-hmm. All right. And then Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker by John Williams. Um, I mean, listen. I was talking to, you know, a uh, friend of the show, soundtrack co-host Alexandra Bohannon about the Star Wars Rise of Skywalker score. I don't think there's actually any new music in that movie. Really? It doesn't... We listen... Mm-hmm. Like, it's all just reduxes of the older songs. Like there's not new... 
Yeah. None of the new not, characters not, really not have a material. clear theme. They rehash, raised, and I'm not saying it's bad, but you know, right. it's all music we've heard before. Right. And they actually, for the first time ever, did use the Star Wars opening crawl in the actual movie. That was an interesting choice. Hmm. But I mean, the, giving John Williams this award, I know he's John Williams, and John Williams it is John Williams. Be for this one. But it's like giving him a Star Wars greatest, it's like giving you an award for Great. a greatest hits, hits album. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, 1917, I thought was a solid score. I honestly don't think it was that memorable. Randy Newman marriage story was pretty solid. Again, not one that I'm like thinking about, but you know, I know he had a good song in there. Uh, loved little women and love Joker. Those are my two favorites. I think, I think Joker's going to take it. Yep. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with this. I will take that. Yeah. It's very strong. It's a tie. It's a, it really is a tie between me and Little Women because I was just listening to Little Women before you before you arrived for the recording and I was like, this is a great little score. I do disagree with you about uh, Thomas Newman 1917, but um, just because I'm a sucker for Thomas Newman because uh, he's good. He, he did the score for my favorite movie, American Beauty. And I the whole time I was listening to it, I was like, is this Thomas Newman? Because <laughs> I, like, so, <laughs> so, I, I love it. I, it must be Thomas Newman, you know, so. But there's a, okay, I don't want to sell it too short. There's a couple of movements in there. I noticed, yeah. I actually noticed, so I saw that movie twice. I didn't notice the score at all the first time, I'll be honest. <laughs> Second time, I did, it did sink in. There's a, I really like the the core theme mm-hmm. that he rolls in. It kind of, I like it when it gets, it, there's a lot of those moments get yeah. really quiet and intimate, but when it gets really big and yeah, that's pretty neat. Kind of yeah. feels like a, in that, in that way, it kind of feels like a more traditional sure. score, which I do like. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I take it back. 1917 <laughs> has, a, has a pretty solid score. Okay. But I think Joker, I think you're right. I think we're, I think Joker is probably has all the momentum here. Yeah. For sure, yeah, and it's one, and it's and it's worthy. It's really good. It's something that does stand out about it. Yep, yep, absolutely, wholeheartedly agree. So we're putting our bets on Joker, onto visual effects. Uh, so <laughs> this is another category. Disney just owns the category here. Okay, uh, Avengers Endgame. I think it's the only nomination it got. If I if I'm correct, uh, yep. The Irishman, 1917. Uh, I think I must have. There's a. The li- this can't this can't be right. Uh, the Lion King is on there. Yes. That was 1994, though, right? Yeah, no, not that one. I, wait, was there another Lion King? <laughs> there, there was another Lion King. Uh, we don't talk about it. <laughs> well, I see. I saw the 3D like mock trailer they made. Like, mm-hmm. like I thought that was kind of a joke. No, oh wait, that was a real thing. <laughs> that was a real thing. It made a billion. Do- it made over a billion dollars. Yeah. And yeah. it and even though the mouths looked like shit, it, and it's <laughs> it's gonna win the best. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I really hate The Lion King. Um, <laughs> Lion King uh, and then Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Um, this is a tough category because I don't really feel strongly about any of these. Honestly. Can we put Leica can we, can we in there? I want uh, yes. Missing Link. I'd vote for that for best yes. special effects. There you go. <laughs> um, just because The Avengers is the only, you know, it's the only nomination it got. And it was a, it was a big film this year. Um, and, and it's and it's special effects heavy, obviously. That's front and center. Um, I'd. You know, I'd put my money on that. I think it's a safe bet. Controversial statement. I don't think it's that controversial, but I'm just going to throw this out there. And I mean, I think you're right. I think it will win Mm -hmm. because I think this is the only film it's nominated for. And it is, I mean, highest grossing film of all time Mm -hmm. and unprecedented type of film we've ever seen. I I think it does deserve recognition for sure. But I just got to say, I don't think most of the Avengers movies look very good. Okay. I mean, they don't look bad, but they just look, I don't know. Yeah. They look like they look. Yeah. I and mean, there's nothing like particularly striking about that. That's fair. 
Um, I think the most striking Marvel films are like the Doctor Strange, Black Panther. Like we um, like, yeah, we, we like them. Obviously, they're I mean, visual effects is a huge component of it. But it's not like when we saw like say the Matrix for the first time, where yeah. immediately there's something very striking about the visuals that you say I've never seen anything like this before. And that could be because there's 20 of the movies, so we've gotten tired of them. We're oversaturated. Yeah, and again, I don't want to take away from yeah. the work that goes into it. I just know. And even Black Panther, like it's the CG. The CG generally, uh, yeah. at best, looks serviceable, right. and then at worst, actually looks like really bad. Yeah, and I think the same. I think it's consistent here with Endgame as it as it is with most Marvel films. Uh, not to knock it again. I know there's a lot of people who work very hard. Um, there was some great think. I'm even like one of these notes. There were some great think pieces when Black Panther came out. Uh, like, why did the end of this movie look like trash? But like, you know, kind of going through, and it was really an interesting deep dive into like how Marvel executes VFX in their films mm-hmm. and how they're like rushed on these crazy deadlines mm-hmm. and they're outsourcing to all these different VFX houses overseas. And that's why they kind of like, that usually tends to be a pressure point for a lot of their movies is when sure. they get really CG heavy. Anyway, sure. Let's give it best, uh, best special <laughs> effects because I, it's not that I hated it and I think it deserves some love and I guess it wouldn't really fit in, wouldn't really make sense to fit in anywhere else in the Oscars show. So give it to it. I guess for my personal pick, uh, the Irishman, 1917 they're both yeah. again I don't it's th- not a great category no for sure these this these wouldn't be the films I would say reflected you know the best in this in this particular category but 1917 given what there is yeah, yeah 1917 made me go wow but that was more for like the editing cinematography That's what I would say. yeah the editing and the cinematography not necessarily the visual effects but and uh and, and the Irishman even it, they did a lot of cool stuff with VFX but I don't think it was yeah. I mean, I know it was expensive, and I think the fact that they did it for a full feature film versus a couple of scenes, huge deal. And right. the fact that I was not distracted by it most of the time was great. But, I mean, there's still cracks there. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's, yeah, for sure. So, uh, all right. Uh, so, uh, if you're betting, yeah, go ahead. Avengers Endgame. Um, what, 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 what's, what's the line they said in the trailer? Uh, they said, in, like, all the trailers. Crap, I totally forgot about the trailers already. <laughs> did that catch lot, the tagline. I can't remember. And beat. All right, so we can't remember The Avengers, the biggest movie of all time that came out less than a year ago. We've totally forgotten about it altogether, but hey, let's give it an Oscar. All right, uh, supporting actor, Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Uh, oh, Whatever It Takes. That was it. There you go. Whatever It Takes. There he goes. Whatever it Take takes. Avengers Endgame. Whatever It Takes. Okay. Uh, supporting actor, Tom Hanks, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Uh, Anthony Hopkins, The Two Popes. Uh, Al Pacino, The Irishman. Joe Pesci, The Irishman. And Brad Pitt, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think this is an exceptional category. I want to give them all Oscars. I think they're all that good. But unfortunately, only one man can take home the trophy. I think you and I are aligned, but I want to get your take here. Um, who, actually, who would you pick personally? Who would I pick personally? Yes, uh, I picked Brad Pitt. I think Brad Pitt was fantastic in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I also thought he was great in Ad Astra, which I think he should have been nominated more on that later. But I think that um, collectively he had a great year, um, and he hasn't won it. And I think he's 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 turned in cons- consistently good work in his career. It's time for him to get his gold. So yeah. obviously, the the everything everything the Irishman ever there wasn't a bad performance in that movie. I mean, um, even Anna Paquin with her one line was great. So I think that um, I think that the only issue with 
this is the thing. Al Pacino and Joe Pesci, they'll they'll probably cancel each other out. Um, yeah, well, they, and yeah, a reminder to listeners is preferential ballots. So if someone wants to pick the Irishman, they have two choices, not one. This is the same reason that we lost, probably uh, Amy Adams probably lost the Oscar a couple years ago because mm-hmm. she had she was up for two films, not one film. Um, so just know that like sometimes being nominated for more than one thing actually could hurt your chances to win. So I agree. I don't think, and that's even across categories too. So like if you're in a supporting and you're in you know. Um, in a lead, you know, the momentum there, even though you're not in the same category, like people, you'll draw the energy. Like, oh, I voted for this one, so I won't vote for this one right. in this category. But especially if it's in the same category. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and okay, I would say, um, you know, my personal pick here, yeah, it's tough. I really like Al Pacino and the Irishman. I yes. felt, I mean, I know Joe Pesci came out of retirement. He was also incredible <laughs> playing against type. Sure. That's they're both great. I, it's like, it's more like me picking the one I, I, personally liked more but they're both incredible performances um i don't know i just kind of wrote al pacino off gosh probably over 20 years ago i think heat was like the last movie i saw him in when i was like he's doing some cool stuff <laughs> and that was in the 90s that so was a while ago. yeah and uh you know there's probably something in there i forgot about but you know i mean he, he hasn't done anything so i just kind of assumed it all and a similar to robert de niro you kind of just assume well these guys haven't really done what they're good at in a long time, do they, can they can at they, this level? At yeah. this level, can yeah. they can they still do, you know because they've been working on films that seem like cash grabs or family film. Like there's all sorts of weird. Yeah. Well, that's what I think was the excitement about the Irishman is like is like we've seen a Martin Scorsese gangster film, but there was something about even though he's bringing back his regular players, all of these actors you know are are giving their best work in the last ten years. You know, so yep. Um, so it was like a refreshing you know. Uh, reunion for everyone involved but yeah yeah and i think the film i think it's an outstanding film uh easily one of the best films of the year uh i don't i think if i was picking a personal i'd roll towards al pacino just because man when he's on screen as jimmy hoffa and he's rolling like just Mm -hmm. uh, he's got it all yeah and it's not just he's not just doing one thing in that movie he's doing a multitude of things he's playing this guy who's kind of this this great charismatic leader who is also kind of emotionally unhinged and seeing him have to balance that is really interesting but yeah i think that's my personal pick but only just so slightly because i do think brad pitt is incredible and you're right he does deserve the gold i think it was a terrific performance from him i still i think he had that's a great movie all around i love that movie i think and at least for my money my favorite moments that i keep like referencing in my mind or with my girlfriend or something like that are all the brad pitt moments yeah yeah he, um, he outshined leo honestly yeah I, I think so yeah. i think so too anthony hopkins was great um in the two popes, I mean that was a very performance performance heavy show. I mean, so um, Tom Hanks is always great. He's, he's Tom Hanks and Mister Rogers just seems like too perfect. Uh, too perfect. America's sweet, sweetheart Man. played one of the sweetest humans that in recent human history that we know of. Yeah, uh, yeah I think those are things to think about for sure. Um, the only thing I would have liked to have seen in this cat, obviously, we mentioned Willem Dafoe. Um, Shia, oh yeah, Shia LaBeouf was fantastic. I thought in Honey Boy, if I was the only thing I would take away. From that film, I think he was great. But he was he was great. Um, Daniel Craig, Daniel Craig would have been another great option I, for I, Knives Out. I'm just gonna throw that out there. I really hope that he actually. It seems like very likely there's gonna be a sequel of some sort or a follow up to Knives Out with the same with him Daniel Craig. More, him doing more cases. I seriously, I'm glad you mentioned that, Laurent, because that is seriously. I, I know comedy often doesn't get the same love uh, with the Academy as drama, but man, he is so funny He's so in that man. in that movie uh yeah i think that would that's a that's a bit of a snub too um yeah shia labeouf's great i think shia labeouf's gonna have another day sure He's i do think that was a very personal performance for him and i think he killed it he was amazing but uh 
So you're you're going with um, your personal choice though would be Al Pacino. Al Pacino, but just first. barely, just barely. Brad Pitt is it's like it's almost neck and neck, but I think Brad Pitt's almost certainly got this in the bag. He's won all the Guild Awards. He's yeah. got all the media attention. He's killing it. Someone he has to. I swear. Have you been watching his awards acceptance speeches? I swear he's got a writer that he yeah. hired to write because his jokes are like flawless every yeah. time. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like butter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, oh, I remember the thing, the the Plan B Productions thing, obviously to add Astro, but also uh, a movie of mine that I don't think made it anywhere on this list, The Last Black Man from San Francisco. Yeah. Terrific film. Very great film. Um, that his studio produced, and I, um, again, anything I can do to give that movie a little bit of love and shout out. Uh, so uh, let's move on to supporting actress. So we've got... No J-Lo. No J-Lo. In I'm, fact, I'm what's, the, what's the point? What's the point? point? Uh, We got Kathy Bates for Richard Jewell, Laura Dern, Marriage Story, Scarlett Johansson for Jojo Rabbit. By the way, Scarlett Johansson got nominated twice this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Florence Pugh, Little Women, Margot Robbie, Bombshell. This is a really good category as well. Category Um, minus the omissions. It's a solid category. Yes, correct. There are missing things, but I don't think. I mean, if I was going to take two people out, it would probably be Margot Robbie and mm-hmm. Kathy Bates. But I don't think they're no, – neither of them are bad. I think they're both right. pretty good in these movies. Uh, uh, but, I mean, Laura Dern and Marriage Story is great. She's certainly the, the, favorite, the favorite, I think. I think she's almost certainly got it. I don't know of this list, though. I think I actually probably like Scarlett Johansson and Florence Pugh's performances a little I bit agree. more. It's, it, I, but I want Laura Dern to get it. It's like her chance. Yeah. You know, it's like you want that for her. I just it's thought it was... A, it's like a career one for her. Yes. She's done consistently great work over her career. Now she's, it's just her time. She's overdue for it. And it's a good role. It's a good role. I don't know if it's my favorite that she's ever done, but it's a solid one, and she's nominated, so why not? Yeah. But I think personal personal favorite choice would be Florence Pugh. Yeah. She's great. She's that, great. She made a, a historically extremely unlikable character. character very like, human. Sympath- very human, yeah. very sympathetic. Like, to the point to where, again, I think this is a testament to both this performance and also Greta Gerwig, the way she kind of restructures the story. Yeah. It made you really feel for her in a way that historically... Just but they never happen. gave Amy the character Amy redeeming qualities and in this mm-hmm. moment like we understand her bad choices and that was you know that was a, a refreshing departure yeah. from the other text so yeah the I, and I know Greg Gerwig has cited this in several interviews but, but, but the whole idea that if I can't be the best I don't want to do it like so she goes she swings for the fences uh, she swings for the fences and uh, is not a great person along the way but like you just you feel for it a little bit more yeah. yeah it makes it more human you understand sure. her motivations even if you don't agree with them well and again that, the way they kind of paint her is her feeling like she always lived in the, the shadow of her older sister mm-hmm. that, you know what i mean like all that stuff yeah, it, it works really, really it works well and really i think well. florence Pugh, at her age doing turning a performance like this she did some are earlier this oh, year oh yeah, yeah she's on great. fire um and uh i think she's another like sarah ronan you know where she's just gonna start showing up at the oscars like every year mm-hmm. you know um it's a party yeah, so uh, you think Laura Dern also has it? Yeah, I think I, that's a solid, solid I think, lock. I think you and I are on the same page. Uh, I'm also picking Florence Pugh for favorite, but I think Laura Dern, yeah, that's basically a lock at this point. I, I would be shocked if someone else took it. All right, so that will wrap up our round two of kind of the more prestigious awards. Let's go ahead and move on to rapid fire round two. Bing, bing. All right, so sound editing. Ford v. Ferrari. Joker. 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, Laron Chapman, what you got? I'm going to go with 1917, also because it's a war film. It, it was also very good. I just, I think in general, almost historically, you know, they go with the war film here, and it, it's a solid one, you know, and sound is a huge component of it, so um, I think 1917 is probably my, the strongest one in that category. Yeah, 
Yeah, um, you know, I think it's the strongest. It's going to take a bunch of awards. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just go ahead and throw support behind it. I kind of, part of me wants to say, like, Ford v. Ferrari, just because <laughs> it's like, what else is it going to win? But yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, 1917 seems like a safe bet. That takes us to sound mixing. Now, let's remind the people the difference between sound editing and sound mixing, because this is a question I get a lot from a lot of people when I'm watching award shows of people who uh, aren't familiar. And it is confusing. Uh, if you don't know what you're looking at. So sound editing are the people who actually place the sound in the film. Mm-hmm. Like they, they sync it all up. They put it together with the video. Sound mixing are the people who kind of create the sounds that you, you, you mix the sounds together. They to generate get the, 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 They generated all this stuff. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So for sound editing, we're saying 1917. For sound mixing, we've got Ad Astra, Ford v. Ferrari, Joker, 1917, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I guess Star Wars just didn't have quite the sound mixing to stick around for the, both of these, which is kind of weird because I feel like those movies are better at mixing than they are editing. Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. so LaRon Chapman, are, are, are you going to stick with 1917? I'm going to go with 1917 again, but I would be happy with Ad Astra as well, just because it got no love at all this year. No, uh, Ad Astra, Dad Astra, I, the, sound, the sound of Brad Pitt's tears uh, aren't, aren't enough for the Oscar. <laughs> Um, I mean, again, um, if I was betting, which I will be filling out a ballot, I would say 1917. But you know what? I'm going to put my support behind Ad Astra as well because let's give it some love. And it, it should have gotten something else. Something else. All right. Production design. Uh, so this is like what, with like art direction, set design type things, right, Laurent? Mm-hmm. Uh, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have uh, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit. 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Man, I actually feel like this is a tough one. This is a good category. This is a good category. Because uh, I feel like all these movies do very interesting things. In different ways. In very different ways. I'm going to say Parasite. Um, it's yeah. my favorite. Um, having seen it, I think, twice. Yeah, twice in theaters now. Um, it's another element that just stands out. That house is just they icon- built the is house. iconic. They built that entire house, and it's structured so well, and it's shot so well in that space. So, um, yeah, I think that would probably be my favorite category. Um, but it, it really, this one's anyone's game. I think all these are strong categories. I mean, I think the only one that may not, I mean, obviously Jojo, Jojo Rap, I think, is also very good, but that's probably that would probably be the one at the bottom of the list for me in terms yeah. of design, you know. Sure. Um, yeah, I I am thinking. Yeah, it's really tough because uh, you have the Irishman doing the Irishman and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood doing the historical recreation, but from very different world, very different worlds, different time periods. Jojo Rabbit doing kind of like a more. Um, God, this is going to sound so cliche. Postmodern, but like it's not really what Nazi Germany looked like. It's probably what we think, you sure. know, we imagine it looks sure. it's like. It's an exaggerated version of what. Yeah, because yeah, heightened like. for the comedy and that right. tone and that he's it's creating. It's satire, so they're playing to it. Like, yeah. Right, right, right. And then uh, 1917, of course, doing like a, um, a recreation of a war that. No, I don't think there's any living people <laughs> yeah, no. uh, left who were fought in that war. Um, and then Parasite, which I think is wholly original, which is why I'm also going to go ahead and throw my support behind Parasite. That has been a consistent thing. People have been like, wow, this is a cool thing they did. They built a house, and it's yeah. a really cool house. That And it, and it's such a character in the story. It is. You know, that just the different layers of the house, mm-hmm. you know, the space of it. But Yep, yep, absolutely. All right, so that will be do it for rapid fire. Round number two, and things are really heating up as we head into our key categories. Round number three, this is right. We're getting to the big ones, ladies and gentlemen, the lead actress. Uh, we have Cynthia Arrivo for Harriet, Scarlett Johansson, Marriage Story, uh, Saoirse Ronan for Little Women, Charlize Theron for Bombshell, and Renee Zellweger for Judy. 
Okay, I think we know who's going to win, and I think it's the <laughs> weakest choice on this entire list. Oh, I no. personally, I, I, I'm just going to throw it there. Um, so, Lauren, are you with me? Are you are you thinking Renee Zellweger is going to take it? I think she's going to take it. I'm not going to say she's undeserving. I would just say that I would I would I have preference to another another option, but but I think that she was I think she's the best part of that film. Yes, I think she elevates the material. So, and she brought obviously some humanity to a character that many people you know you know very beloved woman. So. Um, who did a, a lot of great things, you know, socially. And um, I think uh, Renee Zellger got to the heart of this woman, if not every detail of, you know, her mannerisms and what have you. But I think um, I was very impressed by Renee, if I wasn't, even if I wasn't in love with the film, per se. It, it's a, it's definitely a, a traditional, Judy is definitely a traditional biopic, and, and I think in a very traditional biopic sort of way we're very the difference now we're, we're very tired of that formula mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean the performances aren't still outstanding sure. and uh you know yeah i think i think she's really good i just was really bored of that movie <laughs> God, oh no. uh, it's, it's not that she's not good because i think you know judy garland is a, a beloved character i just wish they could have found a, a, a way to maybe give her some more to work with though i think she does very good with what she's got yeah. so um i would say Probably Scarlett Johansson is mm-hmm. my first choice. Yeah. I was moved to tears yeah. by both her and Adam Driver. Mm-hmm. And I think that they're, the, I mean, I think that movie in general is very good, but I think the two of them are really the, the like yeah. standout. And in a movie of amazing things, they're the standout pieces. And, and the way they make her sympathetic and frustrating in the same way i think both of them are that both way of them, yeah. both of them are that way and you're like you you sympathize with their decisions but you're like oh man why'd you do that why did you do that yeah um yeah i have really uh, a lot of thoughts on that movie but i think uh, this scarlett johansson this is the best performance i think she's given Ever. in her career yeah yeah Ever. yeah um yeah they're very it's very robust i feel like um that that movie in general i just had a i mean i was welling throughout the whole process because they they fluctuate you know again between sentiment and rage and what have you and just the ups and downs of relationships in general they just captured so well um and i haven't always been enamored with scarlett johansson i i've liked some of her roles over the years but not like but this was something that just really stood out to me um so she um, has certainly become a more not like hyper polarizing but i would say she has in recent years been more divisive than I think she was like even ten years ago. Yeah. Uh, so I think her this year is a big, it's re- it's a big win of, for her. Yeah. Redemptions. I don't know if that's the right works. Everything she. It's not like she got like did bad stuff. She just said she has opinions. She has opinions, and they aren't always the most informed. And yeah. uh, whereas I think these performances kind of bring her back in the spotlight in a really positive way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, where we can celebrate the work and remember why we love why her. she was a star to begin with. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and you know if if um. If Marriage Story didn't walk away with anything else, I would want it to go to Scarlet yep. or Adam Driver, and I don't think either of them are going to get it. But I, that that's my pick on this list. Although, uh, although, although I think Saoirse Ronan is is fantastic in the woman, and I think Charlize in Bombshell, it's it's like it's it's almost uh, in Kenny Valley how mm-hmm. you you almost can't distinguish yeah. between her and Megan Kelly. No. she's got the voice, she's got the mannerisms down. It is unbelievable how yeah. good she is in that movie. About midway through, yeah, you're kind of like you forget that. You know, it's not her. Yes, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. So, um, I think again, very and, strong. And I even give a shout out to Cynthia Revo. I think um, I, I wasn't in love with the film, but her performance is is terrific in it. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, speaking about you know 
characters or historical figures that uh, are beloved and maybe haven't been celebrated enough. I think you know Harriet Tubman yeah. certainly is 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 it hasn't really those. got her due. I mean, no. it's it the first movie we've had. I mean, in twenty nineteen. You know, yep. so that's insane to me. But it, it's uh, it's weird. Can we can we get another Harriet? Can we do like uh, <laughs> you know how we've come, we have this happen sometimes? We're two studios. Even a series would be nice. A series, like an HBO. HBO. Series. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's and we let's bring Ariva back. You know, she's great. She does yeah. it great. Let's let, let's do it. Let, let's get Sarivia, Cynthia Arivo back in another Harriet role. I would take it. All right, this is going to take us to lead actor uh, Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory, Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Adam Driver for Marriage Story, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, and Jonathan Price for The Two Popes. Very strong category as well. I think these are all very impressive performances. All five of them. Um, Laurent, uh, yes. give me the rundown if because I, I know we we have a lot of different opinions about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about how you feel about these performances. Which one's your favorite? Uh, these are this this is a strong. I mean, there were there were probably ten solid great performances this year. So you could yeah. swap these out with another five. Yep. But if I had a personal a personal, I'm really happy to see Antonio Banderas snuck his way in there. That was a really great underrated movie this yes. year by Pedro Almodovar. Um, and one that I thought would never get any, maybe a foreign film nomination, which I think it did get nominated for that. It did, yes. Um, but I, I was happy to see him sneak in with, with the nomination because it, it's definitely deserving to be in there, but one that I didn't expect to actually get nominated. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think, hands down, even though, again, didn't love the movie, thought Joaquin Phoenix gave the best performance this year. So I'm I'm actually okay um, with the love support you know, behind behind that particular performance, but... Um, the things I would have liked to have seen here, I thought Adam Sandler was really great, you know, in Uncut Gems. Oh, in come a, on, in yeah, a, In gosh. a very against-type yeah. role, you know, like, I'm not a huge fan of his comedy, but I thought I thought he really disappeared in that movie, so. He, the, Adam Sandler, when he, whenever he shows up uh, in a movie that he doesn't write or direct or produce, like, when he shows up as an actor, he does, he does such amazing work. He did great in Meyerowitz stories last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, Punch Truck Love, another yeah. incredible one. So I think this is the his, this is like a career. Yeah, it would have been nice to yeah. see. He wouldn't have won, but it would have been nice to get that accolade. The, the, the accolade, and also for the Safdie brothers to see some love um, for the work they're doing right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I think that's a that's a good point. Also, Taron Egerton was really great as um, Elton John um, earlier this year. I thought um, if I if I was going to go with you know obviously because Rami Malek won for what's the movie now bohemian rhapsody yeah um you know like what's you know not that he wasn't good in it but it was one of those things where i thought taron really got delved deeper into the role it was just a very similar storyline yeah different character different people obviously but that same kind of realm you know so i thought i was um, actually kind of surprised he didn't get nominated to be frank he got a lot of love in the festival circuit and but you know that's one i was kind of surprised that we didn't see but um i guess they kind of favored jonathan price over that and that's fine you know yeah, I mean Jonathan Price. I think that's another career type nomination thing. Right. He's been doing great work for a really long solid. time. It was yeah, very good. Yeah, it was very good. Yeah. Uh, so but my personal choice would have been Adam Driver, though. Yeah. Um, my person, I think Walking jo- Phoenix gave um, probably the best performance this year. But I think Adam Driver's been doing great work lately, and that's the best role he's ever done. So. Uh, yeah, so this is a tough uh, tough pick for me as well. I think Leo's great. Uh, we always love Leo. He can do no wrong. I think he's great in this role. Antonio, again, um, uh, underrated uh, movie performance. Um, yeah, it's really tough. I, I think Joaquin Phoenix is spectacular in Joker. I think he makes that movie. I think he... There are a few other elements in there, too, but I think he 
and the way he performs in that movie really is what elevates people to think this is an Oscar caliber movie. Yeah. Um, Without it, it doesn't work. It it doesn't. And I'm not saying it's not an Oscar caliber movie. There are Oscar caliber elements, the the most important of which are their lead performance by Joaquin Phoenix. It's just, if you don't have him, you don't have a, you don't have a movie. Yeah. If you have even just a a slightly above average performance, it's still not great. No, he had, it was a home run. It was a home run. And And I think everyone knows how much he committed to that role. Um, the way he stayed, the way he lost all that weight. It's just, it's, um, it's, it's jarring, and um, any time the movie wasn't working, it was him that brought me back into it. Yes, you know? yeah, uh-huh. he grounds it. He grounds everything. A hundred percent. And uh, so I, I think you know he's going to take it. I, he's gotten all the you know the the awards. I just hope he gives a good speech because he's, he's he's been he's, up and down with the pretty bad. He's done it, he the did, actors. The, the actors guild was, was very good. nice. It was he was like he finally is like he's accepting <laughs> of it, but. Before it was a big finger to everyone in the room, which is, I mean, it seems to be his personality. He, but I just he really not is, for your Oscar speech, maybe not. You know, maybe he, don't, maybe yeah. not there. Wait, why 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 are we giving this award? I shot that movie like a year ago. Right. Are we not just not doing the awards for it? Right. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm sorry. Just thinking about the Golden Globes uh, yeah. interview, interview with the press where yes. they asked a question. Why are you asking me this? I should, we we talked about this months ago. Yeah, he's very antagonistic. It's like okay, well, uh, well all right, yeah, uh, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, so yeah. Hopefully, he gives a speech. I do think this has been a really incredible year for Adam Driver. Mm-hmm. Marriage Story, conclusion of Star Wars. Uh, oh, he was in something else too. The report. The report. Mm-hmm. The report. Yes. Talk about Oscar snubs. Mm-hmm. I loved that movie. Mm-hmm. That movie uh, cracked my top ten in the mm-hmm. number ten spot. But oh, I, wow. I thought it was great. Okay. I thought it was great. Um, just kind of helps remind us. I have. I think I have some issues with it. But I think the thing it does really well is it basically makes really boring office job work. They found a way to tell that story in a way that was really powerful and engaging, mm-hmm. um, and kind of highlight it exactly. You know. The the amount of work that people are doing on the day to day that sounds boring and uninteresting and isn't flashy, like how important that work is. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought that was cool. But anyway, yeah, he didn't get nominated for that. But yeah, great year for Adam Driver. Probably my favorite. Yeah, I do think Joaquin's great. I think he deserves it. I think the Joker's again. I think it's the timing. <laughs> like I think it's I think it's a deserving performance, and um, I think it's some of the best work he's ever done. I just think it's just got that weird like. Do we really it's, want this movie to win awards? That, that's the whole thing. It's yeah. just it's one of those things where it's just like I like I didn't care for uh, the Iron Lady, but obviously Meryl Streep was great in it. So it's one of those right. things where it's like your opinion of the film is coloring your opinion of yeah. the, the parts of the Jackson Def- you know, so. definitely. So um, yeah, I think uh, we'll go ahead and throw that up there. And uh, yeah, so Joaquin Phoenix and Adam Driver, uh, Laura and I are in sync for that one. So. <laughs> Uh, that takes us to director. Uh, mm-hmm. So we've got Martin Scorsese for The Irishman. Cinema. You know, cinema. Cinema. Real cinema. Capital cin- uh, C. <laughs> uh, Todd Phillips for Joker. Sam Mendes for 1917. Quentin Tarantino, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And Bong Joon-ho for Parasite. Well, Oh, no, boy. Well, no. we know how the Directors Guild voted. Yes. So, so that's, Sam Mendes, 1917, seems like an extremely likely frontrunner. Mm-hmm. If it didn't, it would be going against history, you know. Correct. So It's not that it can't happen. No. It's just that it's unlikely to happen. Yeah. Uh, I will say that the fact that the Actors Guild gave uh, Parasite the the kind of love it did does... Me- Usually when upsets happen, it starts with the Actors Guild mm-hmm. because they're the other... I think they're the second biggest voting block behind mm-hmm. the Producers Guild. So... Right. Um, 
Yeah, LeBron, I think this is another strong category, save for one of these. And I don't think that the one is bad. It's just Oscar Caliber? Oscar Caliber. Over Ryan Johnson or or Greta Gerwig or, or Lulu Wang. Lulu Wang. Uh, <laughs> cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Speaking of, yeah, there are no women here. So no women here. Um, yeah, I think uh, Sam Mendes has that in the bag. But if I had to choose, I would pick Bong Jiao for Parasite. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I would absolutely uh, pick uh, Parasite as well. I think it's a terrific film. I think he is such an auteur of Korean cinema. If you've seen some of his other works, so Okja and uh, Snowpiercer. Uh, he's he's been doing great work for a really long time, so he is definitely an auteur, and I think people might not be as familiar with his work, but like this is definitely a him movie, and honestly, it's a very restrained version. He's normally a little, I mean, I know he's it gets, weird on the surface, yeah, and then, and then it gets weirder and weirder. Here, it was very, um, and we, we know there's a big, you know, this movie has almost like genre swaps partway through to some extent, but they're subtle, very subtle, they're very subtle, mm-hmm. they subtly weave into different things. It, it yeah. doesn't get as over the top as one would think. Yeah. Some of his other movies do, uh, yeah. and again, I think uh, just again testament to his uh, great direction there so um so sam mendez <laughs> is going to probably take it but anything we can give to parasite the better okay cool so rapid fire round number three uh is going to be original song i can't let you throw yourself away toy story 4 i'm gonna love me again rocket man uh i'm standing with you breakthrough into the unknown <laughs> frozen 2 Stand up and Harriet. <laughs> I don't really care about this category very often. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest, guys. Uh, um, you guys remember that time Lady Gaga lost af- right after she did like an the most amazing, like, amazing performance? <laughs> like, like we were all we were Sam all Sam Smith with the worst <laughs> James Bond James Bond theme song ever. I bet yeah. the Academy. I bet they all felt really awkward whenever they're like, "Oh, Sam Smith." Even though, like, I, it just was incredible because it was like we were all moved to tears at home. It's like, wow, this is incredible. Yeah. And the award goes to not her, not, not her. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay, uh, yeah. So, Lebron, um, I mean, okay, so I have two thoughts on this, but I'll, I'll let you. I want to get yours first. Go ahead. Um, well, um, I, I have a surprise choice in here. I've, I've actually kind of fallen in love with uh, stand up from Harriet. It's a really, okay. it's a really good standalone song you know um and cynthia reeve is just a great uh, musical performer so um that would be my personal choice i don't think it has a snowball's chance in hell but i think you know it'd be it would be like nice to see an upset here i think the one that has the most momentum oddly enough is i'm gonna love you again rocket man yeah, i think so and too. even having recently seen it I don't ever remember hearing the song, so it obviously doesn't stand out. No, that you was know, so. that was the weird thing. That was the weird thing to me. Wasn't it, it, it like won the Globes and everything? I was like, wait, which song was that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it, this is an, this is a weird category because I mean, you would think it would be Frozen, but given you I know, didn't get the how nomination, luke, how lukewarm yeah. they are about that film in general this year, maybe not. I, okay, I just have to throw something about Frozen. This the soundtrack more than the, I think the story actually does some like actually relatively. I'm not saying like risky, but innovative things. They sure. didn't stick to formula as much as I thought they would on the story side, right? Yeah. Uh, but the soundtrack definitely feels like it was made in a factory. They're like, okay, mm-hmm. what worked about the last soundtrack? Let's do exactly more of that. Yeah. Into the unknown, catchy as all get out, but it's definitely like the let it go. Let it go 2.0. To, exactly. 2.0. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I am. Uh, I don't really like any of these. I'm going to say Rocket Man is going to probably yeah. take it, but if I have uh, personal choice, Harriet. 
I'm gonna love me again with Rocket Man. I think is gonna win. Um, uh, favorite of these? I mean, I guess I can't let you throw yourself away. Question mark. I don't really like any of these. I <laughs> and to be fair, uh, stand up with Harriet. I've only watched. I've only listened to that one like three times, okay. and it's like. I don't know. I, it's one of those, you know how sometimes the movie kind of, your reaction to the movie kind of paints your association with the soundtrack? Sure. It's kind of one of those. Yeah. Harriet, I honestly kind of felt the same way about Judy. I'm like, I mean, I'm, I, although that character very important, prominent. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's fine. It's a little, it was all right. Yeah. And the song was all right. Yeah. So cool. I don't really, I, 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 I'm glad you really like it. I really like it. And I, you know what? <laughs> I hope Harriet gets some love because let's just give Harriet Tubman more credit like just more cred yeah. or cynthia because she's great too any of them any of them uh so yeah yeah that'll t- that'll t- <laughs> so if you're betting i would just say go with rocket man it seems to have the momentum i think the second most likely would probably be toy story 4 just because it's pixar but yeah. yeah uh makeup and hair we've got bombshell joker judy maleficent mistress of evil and 1917 uh, other fun facts. You remember when Suicide Squad won won an Oscar? Suicide Squad is an Oscar nominated movie. Uh, Oscar winning movie. Winning movie. Excuse yeah, me. Sorry. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um. So another tough one. I honestly think, and I didn't even love this movie that much, but I would actually probably give it to Bombshell. I would too. I think it's subtle work. Yeah. It's very subtle, but it's effective. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, what people said right when they saw the trailer for this movie was, "Is that Megan Kelly?" Yep. They didn't know. Yep. They didn't know. And that seamless application of prosthetics and makeup you know i mean is a testament to quality work i think so right yeah personal favorite um i, I think uh probably joker's got this one if i had to guess i i feel like that seems like a yeah a safe it's more thing. heavy yeah yeah more uh, flashier more in your face yeah, yeah like yeah, when you exactly. look at it there's yeah. makeup literally on the, the his face in the cover of the of the, of the movie yeah. so yep yep so for betting our, our favorite bombshell if we're betting joker hmm. okay all right all right so the next is costume design the Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's a pretty solid category too. I think all. I think overall, yeah, I like all these. Um, I kind of. I don't. I think this could go in a couple different directions. I think the Irishman might have the edge on this one. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. And Sandy Powell. I mean, she's. You know, she's known. She's a sure bet most most times. Like, the, well, that's then the whole thing with the Irishman. Everything seems like a sure bet with everyone that's who worked true. on the movie. And that might be, and that might be to, to his detriment, <laughs> right? Uh, I mean, yeah, I'll I'll go ahead and throw it in there. I think the Irishman could mm-hmm. take it. Uh, I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood also has a pretty good shot at it. I I, I don't know the Joker with the costume design. Yeah, a bunch of angry white people with claw masks. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, they dressed a couple of homeless people in the street. I mean, it just doesn't. I mean, there's nothing wait, particularly wait, wait. impressive. Okay, okay. Listen, bringing that up, my question to you is: if that's the case, John Wick Chapter Two and John Wick Chapter Three should have won Oscars by now. Just the, dressing <laughs> homeless people up because those are homeless people look way more convincing than the homeless people in Joker. There you go. Uh, controversial hot take of the day. Yeah. <laughs> so, Laurent, any any other thoughts? Uh, no, I think you're right on the Irishman. Um, obviously, Little Women's obviously a period piece, so it's 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 prominent there but it's not necessarily a standout to me i mean I've, i was more enraptured by you know the performances and the writing so yeah yep yeah, same all right so uh quickly best international feature film we've got corpus christi honeyland les miserables pain and glory and parasite and i don't think this is this this is parasites yeah this, this is, is parasites. parasites it's nominated for best picture and a bunch of other stuff yeah i 
and it's my favorite one. I mean, Pain and Glory is pretty good. Don't Pain get me wrong. And Glo- yeah, it, it's if, very good. If I had to choose something else, it'd be Pain and Glory, but it, it's Parasite. It's Parasite. Not in a contest. If it doesn't win Best Picture, it better win international film. You know. What if Parasite goes home empty-handed? I might, I might cry a little don't bit. Say, don't <laughs> speak. Don't speak that. Don't speak that into I'm just, existence. I'm just saying it could be one of those. The preferential ballot screws stuff up somehow. I don't know. There's no way though. It's gotten way. It's like weird how much like positive buzz and like all the celebrities love or talking yeah. about how much they love it. I'm like, it's, yeah, it's surely it's gonna it's gonna take it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is the conclusion of rapid fire round number three. So we have given you. Our guesses, our preferences, and our bets on who, what you should pick. So, if you follow uh, Laurent and I's bout, which is pretty similar, uh, you have a pretty good chance at kicking all your friends' ass at the Oscars party. Except I, for I all the it. shorts. Except for the shorts. Yeah, don't, don't, don't go to the shorts. Go to like IndieWire or something for shorts film because uh, I'm, I'm I, I was sad to say, normally I at least make it to the animated shorts because they play at a local uh, museum here, uh, the Oklahoma Museum of Art. And this year, the showtimes were just really strange, and I couldn't make any of them. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, I think there was one at like 2 p.m. today when we started recording. And I was like, well, there you go. Eh, this right. is <laughs> the, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it just didn't, just didn't work out this year. So do not take my word for that. But the event of the evening, best picture. So quick reha- uh, recap here. Ford v. Ferrari, The Irishman, also known as Cinema, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. All right, so uh, I just think I, I just I do have to say I know I said this at the top of the show, but I do actually think this has been a really strong year. Yeah, I think all nine of these films that, by the way, there could have been a tenth one to you know like Knives Out or something or or The Farewell or anyway, they were they did this last year too. You guys, they've got you got ten nominations you can do yeah. ten. Don't like, there are easily ten movies you could recognize. Doesn't matter. Just make sure to fill out the whole ten. The whole ten. Just give us all because like otherwise you've got to. I'm such a weird number. It's such a I weird know. number. Like if you're gonna five or ten, I'm maybe just my OCD. But yeah, whatever. Well, okay. And you know it's funny that this we're having this conversation. Now. I have to bring it back. The whole or at least part of the reason they open it up to ten is if you remember we made the, the the nod earlier about the reader taking the fifth spot that everyone wanted the Dark Knight to take. Everyone was up in arms. Why didn't the Dark Knight get the Best Picture nomination? And that, along with a few other variables, they're like, hey, we're going to open this up to 10 Best Picture nominees. For the first couple of years, you're like, we got 10. And it actually hit the gambit pretty well. It was like, so yeah, like District 9 and Avatar got in there, mm-hmm. you know, like movies you wouldn't normally see. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think that was the whole goal, right? It was to recognize more variety right. of film. And, uh, but like in the last like four or five years, they never used the full 10. They never used the full 10. And I don't think the added space, you know, creates, I mean, it initially, like you said, it was to, incorporate you know those smaller films that you ordinarily wouldn't see a film kind of like winner's bone or something like yes. that that year that came out um but here i mean what winds up happening invariably is that you wind up filling it with fillers like right. the blind side or green book or you know what you know things like that where like more kind of commercial films that kind of yeah. slip in but that made a lot of money but not, weren't necessarily well received by critics or you know what have you so it's just it's interesting it's weird it's, yeah. and it's like yeah they're, they're like okay these made a lot of money so clearly this is what people want to see in the show so yeah. we'll go ahead and nominate it i mean uh another one blast black man from san francisco like yeah. what, what what that movie is incredible uh gosh yeah. that could have been easily been and all that because here's the thing even just getting the nomination you invite it, someone to go watch it exactly that wouldn't it elevates it. it in a way that 
it might not be get, it might not get that type of attention any other way. Because so, people say it was nominated for best picture, it must be good. And you said they'll go see it. So it's worth watching, it's right? Renting or seeing, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, we've uh, we, we got one spot here. I do think that said though, you mentioned a couple. We mentioned a couple of the extremely loud, incredibly close, the Blind Side, um, yeah, Green Book. Uh, we've had several over the years. Though. Several over the years, you were like, "Why is this what? here? What? It's not very good." And then <laughs> last year, we had the travesty of Green Book winning uh, over. A lot of a lot of good films. A lot of very good <laughs> so. films. No one's even talking about the whole legacy of Green Book. Is wow, I can't believe that one best picture. I yeah. can't think of a single person I've heard say since the last year. Man, that was the best movie. That was one of the best. Movies. I didn't hear one person that year say that. Well, anyone? Who knows well, those? I don't know these people. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Um, but so I do think to the to the credit. I know for a lot of people, Joker's probably that movie. But I actually do think that movie is competent enough to say. Hey, it's not undeserving of one of these spots. I'm not saying it's one of the best films of the year, but I do think it making it in there, I feel that's a credible enough choice. I feel like all of these movies are credible choices. There's not one in here where I'm like, ugh. So I think great pick of the nine you did choose. Uh, So I like all of these, but personal choice is definitely Parasite, far and away. Um, Similar to last year, how after really thinking on it for a while, I ended up thinking, okay, um, first Reform is my favorite movie of the year, Far and Away. Mm-hmm. And earlier this year, it took me a little while to go, but it was after I saw it. So I saw Parasite like twice in a week. Mm-hmm. And it was after, the, the more I thought about it in that week between the first time and the second time, I, like, I was, it was the moments I was looking forward to watching the second time. And then I watched it with a big group of friends mm-hmm. uh, the second time. So it was also seeing what are, how are they going to react to some of the stuff. And right. um, it really just made it, that second time, such a special, mm-hmm. fun, unique uh, film going experience and i'm like you know what it, the more i think about it it only gets better it, gets better. it, it, it only gets better mm-hmm. and it's it it just it's the whole package it's it's got great drama enough that you feel like you can invest it's it's but it's funny mm-hmm. uh it's got really good uh commentary socioeconomics maybe lightly political performances are great uh the director's great production design's great like i just feel like it's the whole package, the whole package. but i also feel like it's very it's timely enough it's timeless in the sense that yeah, it's a story about the haves versus the have-nots. It just happens to be <laughs> timely right now, too. Yeah. It's timeless and timely. So mm-hmm. I think that if this was to win Best Picture... It would um, say something would, about the year. Yeah, you know? yeah. And it, I feel like it's reflective and deserving. And that's um, always been you know what you and I have always wanted for the Best Picture. It doesn't matter it's, if it's a film that's reflective of, of the era. Because you know you're going to go back and look at these films historically and see... What does that particular film say about that year? You know, like I loved Birdman as a movie, but that year I was like, it didn't say anything about that year, the narrative of that year, what was going on politically, what was going on socially, artistically in the world. Um, And, you know, and last year Green Book was that same film. It doesn't say anything about it, you know, so... Um, or maybe it does, but just in the adverse. Well, the it's, adverse, it's a, I think just, the like, thing that's interesting about Green Book is it came the the year after The Shape of Water won, which I felt like did say a lot about the time we're in. I mean, that was the first, uh, and then, yeah, that was the first, no, second Oscar show. It was, you know, Trump era, you know, sure. but it's Hollywood kind of reacting to mm-hmm. um, the type of, um, you know, perspective that we were seeing kind of reemerge. And then you have Green Book, which totally is like, can't we all just, you know, pretend racism is not a thing and yeah. just get along. It's you and, know, and like it, I said, it, maybe it is reflective I, of the year because that because I mean we don't recognize what's going on in the world right now, so it's like it's true. Maybe this film is 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 commenting on that in that way. Maybe, but I think Parasite would be a historic one. One, I mean, it, it would be. Um, I think the first um, Korean film. Korean film, yeah, obviously to win, and then obviously it'd be deserving too. It's not a it's not a consolatory win. Um, 
and it would clean the palate from the last year. Yeah. You know? So, I, so I we can talk about, hey, you got something right. You yeah. know, like, and so. then it's the next year we can be like, well, the Academy, they get it wrong sometimes, they get it, but they got it right last but year. man, look, so they got, they 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 got, got Parasite, Parasite they, they got it, they got it, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I think I'm with you on that on that front. I do think, you know, other movies I would not be sad seeing Take the Win, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, The Irishman. Or... I th- and maybe Marriage Story. I, yeah, I could, I, I could live with Marriage Story, too. I don't think any of those are going to take it. I just yeah. think if those were to win, I would be like, all right, I feel pretty good about that. Parasite's yeah. our favorite choice, but what do we think will win? Oh, well, 1917. 1917. Uh, uh, okay. Ni- yeah, uh, right, right. Are we on the same page? I was going to say 1917 or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So, um, And 1917 has, I mean, has all the energy right now. It's got the Director's Guild Award, and it got the Producer's Guild. So those are two really key victories. I'm interested to see... If it wins script in the WGAs, then I'll do one. There's not a chance. There's not a chance. Yeah. Yeah. But right now, theoretically, it due to the preferential ballot, you're right. Once upon a time could sneak its way in there. Mm-hmm. Or Parasite, with the momentum coming from the Screen Actors Guild, mm-hmm. could also work its way in there. So it's not a total shutout unless the it's w- a race. It, it's a race, yeah. but I think you're right. 1917's at the front right now. But if Parasite wins, uh instead of uh sadly taking taking shots over green book i will i will pop the champagne bottle and say okay we actually picked we 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 got it we got it right you got it right every once in a while every once in a while yeah yeah uh yeah so i think um it's gonna be interesting an interesting show i hope we walk away feeling uh, good about it rather than and here's the thing 1917 is not even a bad movie i think the thing that's frustrating me to me about 1917 is not the movie itself i actually think it's very uh, impressive technical achievement. It's that they've oh, they very so they so clearly knew they were trying to get the awards because yeah. the campaign, like the the release rollout, the campaign mm-hmm. um, has been flawless. And I mean, kudos right. to them for putting together a good campaign. But I don't think right. that means it's the best movie. True. And there's no shortage of war films that have won. So it, it, that's yeah. one of those things. It's like it's not that it's not good. It's just that there's there's there are other more impressive films. Uh, sure. Absolutely. And I, and I'll say too, uh, I think this movie actually I mean, it's different than Dunkirk, but in a lot of ways I. Feel like owes a lot to Dunkirk making a big splash a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. That's a movie I probably prefer a little more, but they're they're both great. Yeah. They're both doing interesting technical things. Mm-hmm. Um, I just Unorthodox think, war films. You know? Yes, yes. I just like this. I like no one kind of tinkering with time a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, so yeah, nineteen seventeen seems like a, a clear victor. I won't be sad if it wins like last year when Green Book won, yeah. but I'll just be like, well, that's it's about what a, I expected. It's not an egregious win. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's just maybe not the preferred. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, well, uh, LeBron Chapman, I think that'll do it for our Oscars predictions. So everyone, thanks you so much for tuning in to hear this year's predictions. Uh, again, if you were betting people, I would recommend you fill in your ballots similar to how LeBron or I recommended because uh, we typically get more right than wrong. Yeah, not all the time. I'm not saying we don't we don't get a, a clean yeah. scape every year, but we we usually are like tally- solid in the. <laughs> 15 to 18 yeah. right range yeah. you know so yeah 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 so i feel like uh if you're going to a party and want to impress your friends well we, we got your back and you've seen none of these movies which i don't know how you couldn't since half of them were not were were on netflix but yeah for real <laughs> oh man also i i just on the note of netflix i am just so curious to see how many awards netflix actually takes home yeah it could be a bunch or it could be like nothing, nothing. you know nothing so. okay yeah 
Uh, it's going to be an interesting year uh, in Hollywood. Now, uh, as we close out the show, uh, I do remind you, if you want to hear more about the animated feature category, I was recently invited to guest host on uh, Harold Story's Tunes Tunes podcast. By the time you're listening to this, that should be live on his show. We go way more in depth, talk for, for about 45 minutes to an hour about that whole category. We t- actually talk about the Netflix thing a little bit. Um, so if you want to hear like a deep dive into that on his show, you can check that out. Uh, that's over at the Tune Tunes, uh, Tunes Tunes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever your podcasts are found. Um, and of course, if you want to read uh, more of our work here, uh, you can at the Cinematropolis. Just go on over to cinematropolis.com. Uh, you can hear more of our podcast there as well. Uh, as you know, we've been on kind of a hiatus lately. Life's been crazy. Uh, but we are. I am working on ways to bring this back at a more regular cadence that is also um, scalable <laughs> with, the, with the situation. So uh, thank you so much to everyone who has been patient and who has tuned in. And I have seen those download numbers roll in every month. And I appreciate everyone who has supported the show uh, so much. So we appreciate you there. Uh, Laurent Chapman, where can people keep up with you and your work online if they want to s- keep up with your movie opinions between now and, uh, I guess, we want to see your post-Oscars reactions. <laughs> right. Uh, they can follow me under my first and last name on all major social media platforms. Or they can follow my film at, at freakyaffilm on Instagram. All right, fantastic. And of course, you can find me tweeting about all sorts of things, probably angry Twitter Oscar reactions at Seamasters Talk. That's letter C Masters Talk. Uh, and uh, you can find the Cinematropolis on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Cinematropolis and on Twitter at the Cinematrop and on Instagram at the Cinematrop. All right, thank you so much to everyone who tuned in today. May the best picture win. Probably not. We'll catch you all again next time. 